Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas. I'm your host, Ken Wise. Thank you very much for tuning in today, and thank you for loving Texas and Texas history. This episode is being released in 2022, right around Mother's Day. That's going to play into today's story. But before I get there, I want to tell you a couple of things, a couple of fun things I've been able to do recently in connection with Texas history. First, uh, I got to attend Texas History Day put on by the Texas State Historical Association. This is the official Texas competition in connection with the National History Day. And hundreds of kids from 9 to 18 got to come to Austin to compete for a chance to go to the National History Day finals. They made displays, uh, different projects. They did websites. They did, they did uh, different kinds of performances. It was really amazing how hard they worked and how wonderful all those projects were. It was a real privilege to be able to see, see it all. And as always, the staff of the Texas State Historical Association did a phenomenal job of putting it all on. Also in that same week, I got to testify on behalf of the Texas State Historical Association before the 1836 committee. The 1836 committee was created by the Texas legislature in the 2021 session to produce some written material on the state's history that's going to be distributed around the state and they asked various history related organizations to come and provide some information about what those organizations are doing and an overview of their work and I'm currently second vice president of the TSHA and so I was in I was asked to go represent the TSHA so I got to combine two things that I love and that is working at the Capitol and working with the Texas State Historical Association that was a great day Uh, it's actually the video of that is archived if you want to go to the Texas legislature online on the Senate side and look up 1836 committee. We had a great discussion with the members of the committee. Um, the third thing I got to do recently, also put on by the State Historical Association, was the annual San Jacinto Symposium in conjunction with the San Jacinto Battleground Association and San Jacinto Day. Now, that was in Houston and featured several very prominent historians discussing the causes of the Texas Revolution. It was tremendously informative, very interesting. I think you can find it on the TSHA website, tshaonline.org, and I would highly recommend watching that if you're interested in the Texas Revolution. There's some great information. Now, listeners of this podcast have learned, uh, if you didn't already know, how incredible our Texas women are. Well, today... Since this episode is being produced right around Mother's Day, we're going to talk about a remarkable pioneer Texas mother, Mary Christian Burleson. So let's go back to 1832 and get wise about Texas. Her birth name was Mary Buchanan. Now, in Texas, we tend to pronounce it Buchanan. Uh, which is a whole other episode of why that is, but uh, many around the country might pronounce it Buchanan. Mary was born in Virginia in 1795. She may have been a cousin of President James Buchanan. She married a man named Thomas Christian while in Virginia. She married him in 1822, and they had three kids, a boy and two girls. The Christians moved to Missouri, and they had two more girls. So now we're up to five. 
they joined Stephen F. Austin's second colony and came to Texas in 1832, ending up in Bastrop. There they had another daughter, so now we're up to six. Now, in 1832, in the Bastrop area, Indian troubles were significant. So it was not safe for Thomas Christian to take that family to their land grant. So he moved the family to what is now Weberville. Now, there's a story there. Uh, That was originally the land of John Weber, who was a War of 1812 veteran. He had married one of his neighbor's slaves, one of the slaves that belonged to a neighbor, and had several children with her, ending up purchasing her freedom um, and making her one of the first free women of color in early Texas. The Webbers ended up having a total of 13 children. Anyway, that's where the, that's the, that's a different episode, but that's where the Christians were living. Now, if you go back to episode 44 called Josiah's Vision, you'll hear the story of the scalping of a man named Josiah Wilbarger. He was part of a surveying party that was attacked by Indians near uh, what is now Austin. Well, Thomas Christian was there, and he was one of the men that was killed by the Indians that ended up scalping Wilbarger. And that left Mary Christian a widow with six children to raise in a wild frontier all on her own. Well, a gentleman in the area named Reuben Hornsby built the Christian family a cabin on his land. And uh, the following year, Mary Christian met uh, Mr. James Burleson and married him. Burleson was a widower. He was 59 when he and Mary wed. Uh, James Burleson was originally from Tennessee. He already had 12 children himself from his first wife. So now Mary had six children of her own and 12 stepchildren. James Burleson's oldest son is very well known to all of us, uh, Edward. Edward Burleson would command the Texas Army at the Siege of Behar. He would command a regiment of infantry at the Battle of San Jacinto. He was a noted Indian fighter. He was also at one point vice president of the Republic of Texas. He was in the legislature, both in the Republic of Texas and the state of Texas. Just had an incredible record of service. But back to his father, James. James Burleson, along with his brother Joseph, were commissaries under General Andrew Jackson in the Creek War and served with Sam Houston in the Battle of Horseshoe Bend when Houston was a lieutenant. He had eventually followed his oldest son, Edward, to Texas, where he met and married Mary Christian. So uh, James and Mary had a child together. So now Mary is up to seven and James is up to 13. Um, James Burleson participated in the grass fight in 1835. He was actually serving under the command of his son, Edward. Apparently that worked okay. Um, Now that's a pretty interesting uh, record to think about both uh, on James's part and his son Edward's part. But think about this. While James was off fighting, Mary was on the frontier in Bastrop at this point, caring for seven children of her own, and or excuse me, yeah, seven of her own, and uh, 12 additional stepchildren. Now, her story of being a tough frontiers woman is not uh, singularly unique. The Texas frontier was necessarily filled with tough women, but Mary had a particular burden with all those kids 
in, in the location they were living. Well, unfortunately, James is walking back, walking home uh, after the siege of Behar and catches pneumonia and dies. So he passed away in January 1836, and Mary Christian, now Burleson, is a widow once more. Um, the way James disposed of his estate in part, he ordered his slaves sold and the money divided among his children. Uh, but he left, he and Mary's daughter, his land in Bastrop and the house and the animals. So at least Mary had a house to live in. Now, all of this occurred, everything that I've described occurred before the main events of the Texas Revolution in 1836. So Mary was rebuilding her life for the second time at a very dangerous time and in a dangerous location in Texas. Well, the runaway scrape begins in March of 1836, and Jonathan Burleson, one of her stepsons, is sent to help. So he uh, loads up, helps Mary load up all they could carry, and they took off heading east. So hard enough as it was to build, rebuild the homestead and her life, now she had to flee. The Mexican army, uh, while they were gone, the Mexican army destroyed, uh, swept through the area and destroyed much of the property. What they didn't get, the Comanches raided and and destroyed or took. Um, and Bastrop was pretty much gone. Um, after the Battle of San Jacinto, uh, the Burleson family came back to Bastrop. At this point, you might think a normal person would give up, not Mary Burleson. Uh, she had faith. In fact, uh, she was a woman of great faith. We think she is one of 11 women to organize what is believed to be the second Methodist church in Texas. Uh, one of those organizers, by the way, was an enslaved woman named Cecily who belonged to a family in the area. You know, that's interesting to think about, that even though she was enslaved, Cecily participated in the organizing of the church right alongside the other free women of the community. So history's a little complicated, isn't it? It's not quite so simple. Uh, that church, by the way, is now First Methodist in Bastrop. By the way, two of Mary's descendants, uh, both great-grandsons, would become bishops in the Methodist church, Frank A. Smith and uh, W. Angie Smith, both bishops and both descendants of Mary Christian Burleson. Eventually, uh, about 1840, Mary had a cabin built on the original Christian land. She and uh, seven children moved there, but this was still very dangerous territory. In fact, one day Mary was weaving some cloth in a loom when word came that Indians were on the way. If, if there was a notification that, that an Indian raid was pending, people would ride like Paul Revere through the communities and warn people. But Mary was uh, somewhat unfazed. She managed to finish the piece of cloth. Once she got it out of her loom, uh, she and the kids fled to a neighbor's place. The Indians indeed were on the way, and they attacked Mary's cabin. Thankfully, she was gone. Um, by the time she returned to check on the house, the feather beds had been all cut up. Everything was tossed all over the house. The feathers were scattered everywhere. So Mary and the kids uh, fled back to Bastrop. They stayed there a few years and then decided to return to the Christian land. 
so Mary had another house built. Now this is, we're in 1847 at this point. She built a two-room house with a large hall between the rooms and added onto it through the years um, to make it more of a traditional-looking house. Now there's a family story in the Burleson family that some Indians came to her door one winter and she bravely confronted them. They asked her for two beeves, which she allowed them to have. And the story goes that they returned the following winter and presented Mary with two buffalo robes in payment for those two beeves. Now, um, I must say I've done a lot of work on the Plains Indians culture, if indeed these were Comanches. Uh, That doesn't sound like something that would happen, but you know what? Who knows? Uh, It's a good family story, and hopefully it did happen exactly like that. Well, unfortunately for Mary, uh, even though she was settled now on her own land in her own house, she was to experience tragedy again. Her son, John Christian, raised horses, and he raced them. Now, these kids are grown by this time. He had a track in the Hogeye community. Hogeye was a community in Hunt County, north of present-day Greenville, Texas. And one time, uh, a man named Day brought a horse to the track, and Day was pretty confident he thought his horse should easily win, but he noticed something about John Christian's track, and that is that John Christian's prize racehorse always seemed to win. So he got a little suspicious. And at some point, Day decided to do something about it and absconded with Christian's prized horse. Christian chased Day all the way from Hunt County in northeast Texas to Austin County, west of Houston. And in uh, the melee that ensued, John Christian was stabbed to death. So John's son, Tom, Mary's grandson, went down to Austin County and fetched the body, burying it uh, on the family land. Young Tom, though, never forgot having to retrieve his father's body. Years later, Tom discovered the day was in the Army stationed in another state. Strangely, Um, they was killed, and that killing remains unsolved. However, it's said that young Tom returned to the family ranch and not quite as upset as he had been when he left. There's one other thing you should know about Mary Christian Burleson, and that relates to education. The first school in the area of her homestead was called the Burleson Branch School, and it was established about 1870. She was very concerned that her daughters become educated, which they did. One of Mary's son-in-laws chartered the Burleson Male and Female Academy in 1873, which was the first school in the area to accept female students. So that was a very significant contribution of Mary's life and her descendants because of the impact an education obviously has on generations after it. Mary Christian Burleson passed away in 1870, but she is not forgotten. The house she lived in, built in 1847, still stands. In 1862, she and her stepson Jonathan uh, Burleson, not John Christian, the murder victim, gave some land for a railroad right away to the Houston and Texas Central Railroad. They also gave some land for a town site. And in 1871, That started to be developed uh, as named Glassic, but was soon renamed 
for the surveyor for the railroad, Robert Elgin. Elgin, Texas has grown steadily since Mary Burleson gave the land for its founding. And this year, in 2022, Elgin is celebrating its sesquicentennial. But it all started with a Texas mom who was a wonderful example of the pioneer spirit, the toughness and fortitude of the early Texans, Mary Christian Burleson. Now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There, where I tell you how to see a few of the places I mentioned. I just uh, mentioned Elgin, Texas is celebrating its sesquicentennial. Go to etx150.com. That's etx numeral 150.com. And you'll see all the events they're having through the summer. Uh, That city became known for its great sausage, still called the sausage capital of Texas, and uh, still home to great barbecue. It's on Highway 290 on your way to Austin at uh, Highway 95. It's east of Austin. So stop by. Elgin's a great town. And uh, a little hint for you, don't drive through there too fast. Just saying. Uh, The Elgin Depot Museum has several things from Mary Christian Burleson. It's located at 14 Depot Square in Elgin, so be sure and stop by there when you visit. There is a Mary Christian Burleson Foundation that has a website. It's marychristianburleson.org. They are working to restore her old homestead. And a company, this is pretty interesting. I just found this out. Circle Brewing is a brewery in Austin, and they are working on a new venue in Elgin. So you can go to circlebrewing.com and keep track of their progress. They call it the Elgin Farm, and it is going to be around, I don't know if it's going to totally surround, but it's going to be uh, around Mary Christian Burleson's house. So I, my impression is that it will the house will be kind of incorporated into Circle Brewing's facility. So uh, shoot me an email when that place opens, which should be summer of 2022. I will definitely meet you there for a cold one. I want to make special mention of Mary Christian Burleson's great-grandson, Brian Smith. Mr. Smith sent me some great information on Mary. I appreciate his interest in the podcast and his interest in Texas history. Thanks a lot for the help, Brian. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. Be sure to find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wise About Texas. Like and share the Facebook page. If you take a look at it, also leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you get a chance. If you want to support the preservation and promotion of Texas history, go to patreon.com slash wiseabouttexas. Thanks again for listening. Go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.